Welcome to Success Coaching with Eric Reed. This show is for you if you'd like to develop more strategic growth in your business and in your life, become more profitable, and develop the strategies to leading a happier, more balanced life. And now your host, Eric Reed. Welcome to today's Success Coaching Radio. I'm your host, Eric Reed, and I want to thank those of you who are returning listeners and welcome those of you joining for the first time, whether you found us live or in replay. Welcome, welcome. Glad you're here and hope I can add some value to your day and the time you've committed to being with me. You know, this show is designed to give you real-world, practical information designed to help you live a more successful life on your terms. Now, what do I mean by success and your terms? You know, the answer to that question, maybe I'm going to cheat a little, and I'm going to give it to you from a quote that hangs over there on my quote wall. Um, If you don't have one, you need a quote wall. And those are just random quotes that come to me throughout the day from reading or listening or talking to people. I'm like, I like that one. I'm just going to write it down, stick it up there. And from time to time, for inspiration, what I like to do is just go over to my quote wall and just start looking at some of them. And one or two of them will pop out. And, you know, it's like, ah, I needed that. So I I collect quotes. You know, some people collect Star Wars figures. I collect quotes, I guess. And this one is on my quote board. And it says, success is making sure the ladder you are climbing is leaning against the right building. I'll, I'll read it again real quick for you. Success is making sure the ladder you are climbing is leaning against the right building. Now, I think Stephen Covey says, the ladder, if the ladder is not leaning against the right wall, every step you take just gets us to the wrong place faster. You know, success measured on other people's standard is not success. It's kind of like brainwashing. And at the end of the day, we end up disappointed. Um, You know, it's sort of the walking dead of success that we bought into this idea of what success should look at, like whether it's number of units sold or dollars earned or ideal body type or whatever, that somebody sold us this award-winning success image. And we all said, yeah, that's going to be what I'm going to chase after. That's who I'm going to be. That's what I want to be. That's success. That, 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 that over there, that, that, that thing right there. Yep, that, that. That's success. And we start chasing after it and chasing after it. And we're climbing that ladder and climbing that ladder and climbing that ladder. And we get to the top of that ladder and we look in the window of that building and we're disappointed. It's not what we thought it would be. We've all seen that play out in real life. You know, you have a star athlete that crashes and burns at the top of their career. I mean, things couldn't look better for this person. And then it all blows up. Why? You know what? They had great skill sets. They did the hard work. They practiced. They built the routines. They did the discipline. But what was going on? Wrong ladder, wrong building. So let's kind of make an agreement as we dive into the success coaching thing. And you you join me weekly on this radio show that when it comes to success, It's better to be at the bottom of the ladder you want to climb than at the top of the ladder you don't. 
I would rather be doing me and doing me well than trying to be somebody else only to end up someplace I never really wanted to be and being recognized for being someone else as somebody better, if that makes sense. So often we chase and we chase and we spend our life and our energy and everything we do trying to build a level of success based on somebody else's idea of success and someone else's life. So part of my job as a coach is I work hard to make sure that my clients are building a life of success based on their vision of success. A big part of what I do as a coach is to help strip away old ideas of success and false beliefs and and ideals that they think they have to live with and, and how goals should be written and how goals should be achieved and what success achievement looks like. And really help my client look at their life on a bigger picture scale. And if you uh, didn't catch a post recently about my current life, it's on my Facebook page, my personal page. But it talks about bigger picture and how the struggle that I, I've been through over the last five or six years, really, I, it, I had to pull way back to see the bigger picture success. So I make sure that my clients are able to experience that bigger picture success in their lives by strategic planning. And all of that is what this show is about. But it's also about what's happening uh, during the big Y class. See how I did that? That's what we call in radio a segue. I, I sort of set it up and then let it over. But the big Y class, registration is open. You can go to the website, www.ericgreed.com, and go under master classes and events, and you'll see the big Y class. This is a free class, and it's open to all, uh, but you got to register in advance. Um, because I'm going to be sending out an access code for the webinar and the training and the material as we get closer. Uh, But I call this an all-in class. And by what I mean as an all-in class is I'm going to give you about an hour, hour and a half of the best of the best. This is teachings that I've received from Tony Robbins and um, Bob Martinelli and um, Stephen Coving and Michael Hyatt and all of the best of the best teachers on time management and goal setting and all of those things. I'm going to pull it all together and I'm going to break it all down for you. And I'm going to pour it into you. So it's an all in class. I'm going to be all in. And if you show up all in, I promise the way you walk out of this class is going to be a complete shift in the way you come in and you'll see goals and goal achievement success in a new light. So make sure you register for that class. Um, And you know, while you're there, it's a free class. Invite two or three people. Heck, invite 10. The more the merrier. Because January is that goal setting time. Now I know a lot of you have already gotten them out of the way and, you know, packaged it up. But tune in. Trust me. You'll probably sit back and rewrite a few goals or reevaluate some of the goals that you're working on based on this call. So check it out. Again, the website is ericgreid.com. Lots of updates, lots of class notes. We've got a ton of classes going on in first uh, quarter, um, really built around the idea of time management and productivity and success and making sure you get the most out of life. So take a minute, log in, register for that. So let me grab a quick sip of water and then we are going to dive into today's teaching. Thank you guys so much. Um, and 
today's teaching is really talking about those time robbers. You know, have you ever noticed that the little things that matter most often get pushed to the side? And you end up with a day that you feel like you worked your, we'll say butt off, and have nothing to show for it. Yeah, we've all been there, done that. And if we had had the time, we probably would have bought the T-shirt to go along with it. It's as if someone just robbed of our time. You know, we get to the end of our day. We look at our calendar. We look at our clock. And it's like, we're, where did it all go? What, what, what did I get accomplished? I'm, I'm exhausted. And yet I feel like I have nothing to show for it. You know, and when we have that pattern occur day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year in our lives, we begin to get stuck in what people sometimes call the grind. And it's breaking free of that grind that allows us to start living a more successful, productive life. So what I want to do is talk a bit about those time robbers, those things that sneak into our day and into our life and steal away time because Honestly, we only have 86,400 minutes or seconds a day that we all share. And I can't give you more time. You can't store away time for later. You know, I love that expression of when I have time, I'll do it. And guess what? This time you have today is the same time you're going to have tomorrow. Or time-saving tips. I would love to know where the proverbial time-saving bank is because it owes me a lot of time back. I can't save time. I can only use the time that's in front of me to the highest return. Business, we call it a return on investment. What am I doing with my time and am I getting a return on that time that equals the investment that I put into it? But that's a different radio show we've talked about and we'll re-talk about it. Today, I want to talk about those time robbers. Sneak into your day and just rob you of time. As if it was money laying on the street and somebody else picked it up before you could get to it. Now, time robbers come in two types. There are those that are external, and then there are those that are self-inflicted or internal. Now, let me give you an example, a couple examples. Let's start with the external time robbers, those things that are sort of created outside of us and sometimes imposed on us by other people. They're things like interruptions, waiting for answers, an unclear job definition. How about the unnecessary meetings or too much work, poor communication? Somebody gives you a task and doesn't really clearly define what it is or tell you what the expectations are, and that poor communication steals us of time getting it done. The shifting of priorities, the equipment failures, the copiers down, the internet's down, the phone system's down. A disorganized boss who seems to hand you 10 different things that send you in 10 different directions and think somehow they all line up together. Oh, and the red tape. We've all had that time robber of red tape. Fill out the blue form to get the yellow form so they'll sign the green form and turn it back to you in a pink form. Yeah, those are great time wasters. How about the under or untrained staff? The person that you turn something over to only to have to spend half the day telling them how to do something or maybe the mistakes of others. And then there's always the got to travel in between offices, meetings, or somebody's traveling so we can't get an answer until later. Those are somewhat of the externals. Now, the internal or self-inflicted time robbers 
are those things like failure to delegate, a poor attitude, you know, being disorganized, failing to listen, unable to make a decision. Another internal sort of self-inflicted time robber is that socialization, whether live or virtual, fatigue, self-discipline, the shuffle, shuffle, paper, paper, shuffle, shuffle, paper thing, you know, where we just keep moving papers around thinking it's going to somehow magically turn into a solution or being so over cluttered on our desk space, we can't think clearly. The need to be perfect, the poor planning, and preoccupation and procrastination. So that's a common list that when we study businesses and individuals trying to aim for success, we see these are common t- um, time robbers. And I'm sure as you listen to the list, you, you find yourself shaking your head in agreement a few times. Yep, been there. Yep, know that one. Yep, yep, yep. A couple of them you could probably check off in your day easily. Well, can you guess which of the top five most popular time robbers are? Well, I'm going to tell you. The five most common time robbers are number one, interruptions. Number two, procrastination. Number three, shifting priorities. And number four, poor planning. And number five, waiting on answers or waiting for answers. Now, oddly, three of the top five are external and two are internal. So I guess if we took this raw fact, we could say that 40% of the lost time in our day is a direct result of us and our actions. And if we take a closer look at these three external, we can see that we could probably recover about 20 to 30% more time by taking a few simple suggestions. So let's look at each of the top five a little closer. Number one is interruptions, external. We've determined that it's kind of an external thing. Now, there are three general categories for interruptions. There's one, unnecessary interruptions. Um, those are the ones to uh, the, the everybody needs you for something, but you may not be the person that needs to be needed. It just happens to be that your door is open, that you're available, that somebody can knock and stop. I, I love that in the office. Hey, I just got a quick question. And then the necessary interruptions that are the ones that you have to handle, that it really is you're the go-to guy. And maybe it is urgent and necessary. And then number four is the untimely interruptions. And those are the ones that, yes, they should be on my desk. They just arrived at the wrong time. So we have the unnecessary interruptions, not me, not now. The necessary interruptions, yes, me, and maybe now. And then the untimely interruptions, yes, me, but maybe later. So let's sort of work on some suggestions overcoming those interruptions. One thing I like to always say is drop to the bottom line. When I get a call, somebody knocks and stops, that type of interruption, I always drop to the bottom line. How can I help you? What can I do for you? Yeah, Frank, it's great to see you. How can I help you? I don't let the conversation wander. When somebody comes in and says, hey, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Great. How can I help you? Before we get lost in football scores and weather reports and what our family activities were, I've got to get back on task. And the easiest way to do that is to drop to the bottom line. How can I help you? So ask, how can I help you? And then 
offer the solution or direct them to the solution. Don't let it expand in all the time they have. Like I talked about earlier, one of those socializations or socializing interruptions. And also you could, another strategy for overcoming interruptions is schedule regular one-on-one meetings with people who frequently come to you with concerns or questions. Now, if you're a team leader or a manager or one of those people that is the point person um, on a project, you know that there are going to be times that they have to come for you for clarification, for answers, for directions, for input. So set up the meeting and set up the agenda ahead of time that we will meet weekly, daily, hourly as we move forward. So they can best prepare their questions and you can limit the time that you spend trapped in the interruption or in the question and answer zone. Instead of them stopping every five minutes to ask you a question, let them know that at the end of this period of time, at two o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, you'll be free to answer any questions that may have come up. Delegate it. And then accept that not all interruptions are bad. You just need to learn to control the amount of time that they take away from you. Because sometimes interruptions offer opportunities for us to grow and learn and challenge ourselves in new ways. Now, the number two thing that we talked about was procrastinate of the top five time robbers was procrastination. And that's really an internal thing. And there are two types of procrastination. Conscious. (coughs) Excuse me about that why we are awake and aware of what we're doing. Sort of like, yeah, I know I'm kind of blowing off the day. Yeah, I can see the clock on the wall and I've spent 45 minutes playing Candyland or whatever. We're consciously aware that we're just putting something off. And then there's the unconscious. And sometimes those are the actions that we're doing, that we think we're doing something, but if we really pulled back or somebody, an outside observer, looked at us, would be able to say, look, you knew that was just putting off. Or proverbial statement goes, you were just kicking that can down the road. And I see that so often in businesses where they know they have to make a decision, whether it's to hire or fire somebody, whether to change directions, whether to abandon a project or an idea that they've invested a lot of time and energy and money into, that they're not quite ready to, to, to cut that they just keep kicking the project down the road. They keep kicking the, the the idea forward. They keep hoping somebody else will change soon enough so that everything will change so they don't have to make a change. That's that unconscious sort of procrastination that I'm talking about. That somewhere around you is an awareness that change needs to occur, but you're just not moving towards it. Now, procrastination carries a high opportunity cost because guess what? You're in control. You're the person that can change that without any outside needs. So I've, I've observed that generally when somebody is in a procrastination mode, it's because they know that right now they're in a comfort zone. They're in a safe space, that what they're doing, they can keep on doing, and it doesn't cost them anything. But growth occurs just on the other side of our comfort zone. It occurs just on that last step before we leave safety and head into unknown. So if you find yourself procrastinating, conscious or unconsciously, or you get to the end of the day and you don't have something accomplished and you know that there were parts of your day that went undone, it's probably because you know it's time to start to grow and you're not 
So suggestions for overcoming procrastination. Set a deadline. This will create a sense of urgency. Some of us work better when we feel that clock ticking in the back of our head. Number two is do the most unpleasant part first. You know, I guess the expression is eat the frog or swallow the frog or whatever it is. If you know you got to get it done, you might as well get it done first so the rest of the day isn't spent thinking about what you got to get done. And then two, make a game of, or number three, I'm sorry, make a game of it. You know, my kids have a chore chart and they think it's a game to see how many of the boxes they can get checked by the end of the week. Works for them, works for me. Build a reward system in place. Tell yourself, if I can sit here for 50 minutes and do the following task, whatever it tedious might be, then I get a reward of walking down to the candy machine, exercising, spending five minutes, you know, doing my favorite online game. It's not a bad thing to take a break and reward yourself after you put in the effort. It's when we reward ourselves before we put in the effort that causes trouble. And then keep it simple. So often procrastination is because we see this big, huge obstacle that we've got to move. And so we just don't want to attack it because it looks so big. It's like cleaning out the garage on a Saturday afternoon. It's like we open the door and it's like, oh my gosh, where do I start? Well, start over there in the corner and see what happens there. And pretty soon you work yourself all the way around it and bam, it's done. So start small, start simple, start in in, in a strategic focus piece. Number three on the top five time robbers is shifting priorities. And that's an external. And we've all been in that office where about every five minutes, it seems there's this new urgency um, or there's the crisis week planning recap meeting you know, that everything seems to always be popping and and everything always going crazy. Uh, it's like, oh my God, I thought we were heading in this direction. Now the project wants this. Now the boss wants to do this. Now this is our new goal. This is our new vision. This is our new statement. Though this is labeled as external, I often see clients that love the energy of the drama of everything shifting and jumping. The excitement feels like they are moving forward when in fact they are stuck in a very fast windmill. And each week, the new crisis or new windmill of the week seems to be the exciter. You know what? You've got to stop the drama and you've got to stop participating in the drama and you've got to stop letting these shifting priorities steal your day. Companies and teams that operate in this mode are quickly burnt out. I I see them exciting and exploding and the energy and everybody wants to jump in because they see the energy and then boom, the whole thing blows up and burns out. So strategies for overcoming shifting priorities. Ask questions based on the Eisenhower matrix or the urgent important matrix. I talked about this over and over again on previous radio shows and previous teachings, but if you're not familiar with the Eisenhower matrix or the urgent important matrix, some of you, that there are four basic categories of events or ideas or thoughts that need to occur. One is urgent and important. Two is important and not urgent. And three is urgent and not important. And four is not urgent, not important. Let me run those real quick past again is urgent and important, urgent and not important, not urgent, not important. Whoops, sorry, I got it out of order. Urgent and not important, not urgent, not important. So when I'm confronted with somebody and somebody wants to shift my priority, what I like to do is say, like, is this urgent and important? 
Is this important and not urgent? Is this urgent and not important? Not urgent, not important. So before you go chasing after the next big, everyone jump in the situation and you know create a new crazy, ask, where does this fit in? If you get a task or an assignment from a supervisor or a boss or a team member or whatever, just sort of ask, where does this fit in on the overall things on my list of things I need to get done today? Is it important and not urgent? Is it urgent and not important? Is it urgent and important? Let me know. Because before I shift, maybe I just need to schedule. Number four is the poor planning. And that's internal. We have all heard it said, if you, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. We all know it is one of those internal time robbers. We all say, oh, I've got a clear vision in my head. Oh, I know what I'm going to do. Oh, I've got it all mapped out. But at the end of the day, nothing gets done. Why? Because we didn't write it out. We didn't take time to sit down, write it out, prioritize it, track it, and evaluate it. Planning is prioritizing. And when you don't physically plan, write it out, you're not prioritizing it. So at the end of the day, you can't feel bad when somebody steals your time because you didn't make it a priority for what was on your list. So one of the suggestions for overcoming shifting priorities, simply ask me for my one-page success sheet. This is a sheet that I use every day to map out my top three projects and the priorities and how I want to get things done. Now, I have not only an overriding daily, but I kind of have a weekly and a monthly for bigger picture things. So just shoot me an email at info at ericgreed.com and just put in there, I need one page success planner or something to that effect. And I'll get it out to you as quickly as I can. And then number five is waiting for an answer. Now that's an external, but it's also a bit of an internal. And what I mean is, Sometimes we're in the middle of a project or we're on a team or we're waiting on a client. We feel there's nothing we can do because it's on their side of the fence. It's on their side of the net. I'm waiting for an answer. Well, you know what? Truth is you can probably take back some level of control. And so let's not label this a complete external. Let's sort of make it a 50-50. And how do we do that? Well, maybe some suggestions for overcoming waiting to others is explain the priority and the, inf- um, and the information you need and how it's going to move the train forward. You know, you're here, you're the engine, we're waiting on this, and as soon as we get the answer, the rest of the things come in line. So explain it. And to follow up and ask them, have you run into a roadblock? Is there anything I can do to help move this situation forward? You know, I understand you're under tight deadlines. Is there something I can do to help? Help them also to evaluate the problem more quickly. Don't wait for a yes from someone that can't give you one. So often we think that when we hand somebody something that they're the person that can actually give us the answer. Don't be afraid to elevate that. Take it to the next level and the next level and say, hey, I ask so-and-so this. Are they able to or do they have the authority to or do they have the permission or the pen stroke to be able to get this done? Because it may be, in fact, that you're waiting on a yes from somebody that has no ability to give it to you. And then make sure that it's easy for them to get back with you and track things. I use a system for a lot of projects called Trello. And that way we can communicate all day long in a live world chat where it's recorded and information can be exchanged. So we don't bump 
have to stop what we're doing at the same time. We can live within that world and our time is needed. And then remember that urgency and priorities don't always match up. What's urgent to me may not be urgent to you. What's a priority to me may not be a priority to you. So make sure that you get sit down and outline to them why this is a priority and why it's urgent on your task list. In life, in business requires that you stop the time robbers and start using the 86,400 seconds you have in your day to live your success on your terms. And when people step and feel our time, what we're really saying is what I want for my family, my community, for my business is not as important because I'm not prioritizing it. I'm not priority order. And I know that it is a priority to you. And I know that what you want, you really, really want, as the song goes. And hopefully this show will continue to guide and give you the tools you need to begin to live your life of success on your terms, your way. So if I can be of any help to you moving forward, feel free to reach out to me at info at ericgreed.com. You know, I, I'd love to answer any questions or you can always join the Facebook group or check out the website, you know, www.ericgreed.com. And until we get together next week or until we speak before then, um, I want to wish you all that uh, be well and live your life of success. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to ericgreed.com. That's ericgreed.com. And like us on Facebook slash Eric G. Reed Success Coaching. Join us next time for Success Coaching with Eric Reed.